never had anybody tell me it was okay to pray for a dog until today. <laughs> but I did have occasion today to pray for a dog. <laughs> I got on the airplane first, because I'm old, and they let old people get on first. And I sat down in seat 10D, that's where they put all the handicapped people. And a woman came and sat down beside me with a comfort dog named Mickey that I became very well acquainted with. I can even tell you what his breath smelt like. I can tell you that he has a little problem with elimination. That was the best word I thought I could use in the pulpit about him. And I prayed for him. Prayed God would kill him right there on the airplane today. I don't know if that's what the preacher meant, but I tell you, he's talking about, he's talking about two in my father's house are many rooms. I heard, they have a new Bible now. Can you believe this? It says, in my father's house are many tents. Now, why in the world would you put a tent in a house? God help these people. Do you folks have a governor yet? I just wanted to know. I, that lady that wanted to be governor, you know what she said? She said, we don't need farmers in Georgia. We have grocery stores. Now, if there's anybody that voted for her tonight, you need to come forward and confess. God help us. Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 20. I'm doing several firsts tonight. I have never preached an Old Testament text out of the New Testament, but that's all I got. I picked it off off the table back there. I have never looked at my, I've never brought my phone to church in my life. I had to get it so I could find out where this verse was. I, I'm, I just, I'm gonna stop because I don't wanna. I, my dad told me when I started preaching, he said there are five B's to preaching, son. Be brief, boy, be brief. And so I'm gonna try and be that. I, I, I would have quit at 8.30 if it wasn't 8.30 right now, but that was my plan. 2 Samuel 23 and 20. 2 Samuel 23 and 20. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoda, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many mighty acts, he slew two lion-like men at Moab. He went out also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. Now, here's my devotional. The lion could be considered some of the worst of foes that we have. The lion that we face as Christians goes about, the Bible says, that Satan goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. His desire is to destroy and devour every single Christian in this room. 
He's a difficult adversary. The lion is the worst of foes. And he uh, confronted this man, this lion-like individual, in a pit. In a pit. Most difficult place. Slew a lion in the midst of a pit and a in a pit, a difficult, I mean, in the worst of places, some of the most difficult things in, happen in our lives just about get defeated. And it was a snowy day, time of snow, most difficult of circumstances, the worst of conditions. Last Thursday morning at about 6.30 in the morning, I walked into the, my deer blind in Michigan, three inches of snow on the ground and 15 degrees. It was a lovely morning. You talk about difficult. You talk about an adversary. You, you talk about a heartache and problems. And you know, I read a little thing today in a book on the airplane. An old saint once said, We've had many a great troubles in our days, but most of them never really happened. You know, a lot of times the things that we face and we go through, we make them much bigger. And really, I think anticipation is worse than the anxiety that we face. Our book says, be careful for nothing. Now, I want to say this tonight, that our God is able to handle our greatest adversary. He has the ability to help us in the hardest of places. And he can help us overcome the most frightening of circumstances. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I got out of the car tonight, Brother picked me up at the airport. I had called my wife from the airport and I had to get off real quick because he was trying to get a hold of me. And, and no, I was sitting in a car talking to her and I said, oh, well, we're getting ready to leave. She said, well, I got a lot to tell you. So when I got out in the parking lot, I called her. I remember her brother. I met him a long time ago. He was a fine Christian teenager, fine Christian teenager. Exemplary. Married a girl, beautiful. I guess probably the most, at the time, the most beautiful girl in my father's church. She was unfaithful to him down the road of life, left him, married again. He became very wealthy, worked for General Motors, a high official in General Motors, worked there all of his life, his working days. My wife told me, standing out in the parking lot here just before church, she said they put my brother in hospice care, pancreatic cancer. I saw him, we saw him in the summer, just a shell of a man. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think death is perhaps the greatest foe, the most difficult adversary. It is, it is surrounded with a the greatest of circumstances. But I say to you tonight, brothers and sisters, that he has overcome even death. 
death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? We are more than conquerors to him. No matter what the difficulties of life that we have to face, he can handle it. He can take care of it. I think one of the ladies sang earlier tonight and the lyric was in there about an unseen hand and how God has been good to us. I thought about this today, traveling. I was preaching in the Philippines in Mindanao, way up in the jungle, staying, staying with a little missionary couple, Filipinos. I slept on a bamboo bed with a sheet, and uh, I was not alone. Not one night did I sleep in that bed alone. Hundreds, if not thousands, of the most unbelievable and unusual looking bugs I have ever seen in my life. The biggest spider I think I have ever seen in my life about that big around. Wonderful, wonderful people to spend the night with. No shower in the house. Our missionary talking about things back there today. The preacher talking about no building and all the problems and difficulties and doing what he did to do that work, build that work up there. A lot of, lot of things, a lot of adversaries, a lot of, lot of obstacles in our path. But they're nothing to God. They're nothing. They didn't have, they didn't have a shower. All they had, all they had was a, a fountain at the town square. And that's where you took your shower. In the public. With all your clothes on. At least I did with all my clothes on. Could you imagine what it's like to take a shower with your clothes on? It's not very effective. I sat there one day and I'm done. I sat there one day at the dinner table with that young couple, Romeo Kobe and his wife. And like our brother gave such a wonderful testimony. I asked him, I said, how did you folks come to the Lord? She smiled and she said, my sister and I, when we were little girls, we used to listen to shortwave radio from America, listen to preaching. She said, I got saved first. I got my sister saved. She said, I got all five of my brothers saved. Listen to that shortwave radio preacher from America. She said, uh, my mom and dad, they got saved. I said, you all got saved? Just listen to shortwave radio. She said, yes, we did. I said, what do your five brothers do now? She said, all five of my brothers are preachers. She, I said, what about your sister? Said, she's married to a preacher. I'm married to a Romeo. He was a preacher. I said, uh, what about your parents? She said, my dad is a deacon in one of my brother's churches. I said, you mean to tell me you listen to shortwave radio there in the jungles in a bamboo hut in the Philippines and from a preacher preaching in America and you all got saved and pastoring churches. I said, how many folks go to your seven churches that your family pastor is involved in? 
She said, oh, somewhere every Sunday between 2,000 and 2,500 people. I said to that little lady, I said, do you have any idea who that preacher was that preached on that radio? She said, yeah, it was a man from Cincinnati. I said, I live in Cincinnati. She said, who was that? I said, do you know his name? She said, yes. His name was Dr. John Rawlings. I knew Brother Rawlings. Everybody knew Brother Rawlings up there. But I got home, flew home on Saturday. Of course, you have jet lag. I woke up real early in the morning, probably 3 o'clock in the morning, and it was yesterday or tomorrow in my mind. About 8 o'clock, I called over to Landmark Church, Landmark Baptist Church at the time, and he answered the phone. I said, Doc, I want to tell you a story. And I told him that story. He began to cry on the other end of the line. He said, Tim, you don't know how many times I wanted to quit. You don't know how many times I wanted to throw in the towel. It got expensive. He said, I'm so glad. I don't know how many times I preached with Dr. Rawlings after that. Like uh, Brother Adams and I have preached together tonight. I'd usually preach before him. And if I preached after Dr. Rawlings, he'd always say, now, Tim, tell that story about those people in Mindanao. I don't know how many times I told in his presence and watched the old man sit out there and weep. There are foes. There are adversaries. There are difficult circumstances. But our God, our God can handle every single one of them. I'm going to let you take care of it. Nothing that has ever happened. 